Hey, here's one. Bartender in a topless bar. Well, I think I could handle that. All it takes is a little maturity, and as we know, I am a mature man. <laughs> Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a open? No Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. All right, man. It is always great coming to this nudie bar. I mean, look at these girls. Look how hot the bartender. Wait, it's a guy? What the hell? <laughs> Why is there a guy with no... Ugh, whatever. Okay. My name is Al. I'm doing this podcast because this is my true calling. To get on here and shake it with Al Jr. and the pips. <laughs> pips. <laughs> so I'm Jamie I'm not sure, but I think I might have just had one. Oh! Wow! Damn! And I'm Dan Chase, and I'm gonna see boobies! Alright, man. This is Season 7, Episode 4. It's called Al on the Rocks. Original air date, October 4th, 1992. When Peggy panics over Seven's sneezes, she begins piling up medical bills forcing Al to take on a second job as a topless bartender. <laughs> Director Jerry Cohen, writer Andrew Smith. Um, special guest stars Diane Delano as Gladys, Sherlock Gans as Patron One, Laurel Olstein as Woman. Um, I really like um, Gladys, Diane Delano. She's, she's cool. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, she was cool. Al Bundy's looking for a second job. Bartender in a topless bar. Well, I think I could handle that. And tonight... When did the topless babe get here? It's not you, is it? No, it's you. He's gonna find one. Let's see it, baby. Meet the man with all the right moves. There's another kind of green in my underwear now, babe. He's Al Bundy, exotic dancer. That's the tush that sets Chicago afire. Married with Children, tonight at 9 on Fox 5. What time is it? 3.30. A.M. or B.M.? <laughs> B.M. You know, I don't know why they call it B.M. I mean, why don't they call it P.M. for post-meridian? I, I guess the joke is that she just sort of heard what everyone's been saying for all these years. And then we get this really strange twist of humor... Kelly, like, comes off as a genius for some random reason. And she's like, why don't they call it PM for post-meridian? <laughs> you know, because that would make more sense. <laughs> it's like, how would she even know what that is? I, I didn't get either of those jokes. She knows what it should have really been called because it would make more sense. The logic of it is why the world is actually calling it PM. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I am the last bastion of good sense on this forsaken outpost of humanity. She's talking way too smart, and 
Well, and Kelly's had these moments before. Uh, I got to be honest with you uh, because I, I was still a little – I got a little PTSD from last week's episode still. <laughs> so you were worried here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. With, with that opening, like I said, I, I still don't get the, the PM, BM thing. Like I, st- I, I just don't get that. It doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> so, so so that and then <laughs> with, with what uh, accompanied with what you just said, right. I was like, oh, no, we are not off to a good start, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, we're back at a, a everybody has a birthday all over again. Oh man! But luckily for us, uh, it doesn't continue that way. No, thank God. But yeah, I was also pretty worried here. I didn't know where we were going with this. Right? These are your Kickstarter jokes. This is like game one of the World Series. First up at bat, and somebody cranks a home run like off the first pitch. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. I see where this is going. Uh, yeah. I like that joke. Which one, BM or the how she knew everything? Well, the well, yeah. I just thought it was funny that she's, you know, is it? <laughs> yeah, the fact it's like, oh, it should have been, it should be PM for Post Meridian. I just think, I don't know. I just think that's funny because you don't see that coming out of her mouth. You know. I don't know. Maybe I'm dumb. I just don't get it. I don't. I don't understand what the joke is. <laughs> I really don't. PM, yeah. PM post meridian, but, but, but why did she? But why did she say BM? Because she's stupid. She, yeah, she just <laughs> she just figures that's what everyone's been saying. So okay, so that so she miss, so she's been mishearing the whole time. Yeah. I just don't think that's funny. It's Uh-oh. it's not it's not funny. I mean, oh no, sorry, Jay. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying. <laughs> Well, no, I think the I think the post meridian part is funny. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, hearing bowel movement is right. I I agree there totally. Yeah, I agree with that part too. (laughs) So Bud is looking different, right? He has this nice haircut. He has an earring, a hoop earring in each ear. Right. And I don't know if it's because they finally did a pretty nice close up of him, but I was like, okay, look, looks like a pirate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I, I noticed that as well, though. Yeah, yeah, it was weird, right? The way they shot him, it was it was right. like different. And I remember in in 1994, I had, well, you know how it was gay to have an earring in your right ear, like that was to tell people you're gay, I guess. Yeah, unless it's both. Right. So, as a guy, you're supposed to have it in your left ear unless you're gay. So when the two earring thing came, like one on each ear happened, I got. Two on my left ear and one on my right ear, and they were all those those tiny hoop things. <laughs> Why did you get two and then one? I don't. I guess that was a thing at the time. And then I remember when it was to be like, hey, hey, listen. When you had, I am not tips, gay. You're afraid that people were going to think you were gay. Yeah, I had to reinforce <laughs> that left ear. Yeah, that's wasn't like one was enough. Like, no, I have two. I was like, hey, 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 hey. Just to make it clear. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. And I would just I would walk around with a beer and randomly punch people in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Come on, man, I'm a tough guy. How about that Bears game? <laughs> <laughs> you see this earring? There's two on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're sitting on my right side and you must be thinking something, but I'm telling you, if you just if I turned around. <laughs> oh god. So then after she does this, it's a great killer joke where she says by the way, are my shoes on the right feet? No. Oh, 
Oh, so that's why they hurt. <laughs> and that's why they've been hurting, and she leaves them there. Oh, it's great. She doesn't even lean over and change them. Mm-mm. Where's Mom? She's out with Seven. He sneezed, Mom panicked, and she took him to the doctor. Doctor? She never took us to the doctor. Totally out of character of Peg. I mean, right. like we've said before, like... And even... It's weird, because... We could say it's out of character, but at the same time, it's not because she's still doing these things to her own kid of not caring. Yeah. While she's cush-cushing this one. Right. So is it out of character or is she just totally doing favoritism? And, you know, she even makes the comment, those are daddy's kids and, you know, and all (laughs) that. So it's almost like. I don't know. She's just starting over, starting fresh, and wiping clean everything, and now she's taking an interest for some reason. Like, it's it's almost like Seven's a plaything for her in a weird way. Right, 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 right. Maybe she's that bored after all this time of just sitting home and doing nothing while uh, the kids grew up already, Al's always at work, you know? I don't know. Well, if that that's pretty much true to real life more than anything. <laughs> I've known people that, that have done that. Like, okay, I want a baby. And then they just make a baby because it's a baby. And then when they grow up, they're sad because it's not a baby anymore. So they just do it again. Yeah. But, right? Am I right, though? Am I, like, yeah, I've that seen is, this happen Well, it's before. just like in um, Raising Arizona where she, mm-hmm. you know, she needs something to cuddle. Right. The other right. ones are getting too big to yes. cuddle. Yes. Nice reference. I like it. So, um, I, what's killing me here is they brought this kid <laughs> on the show, and they don't seem to ever really have anything for him to do. Were there no plans when they decided to bring this kid on the show? Did nobody have any kind of direction that they were going, or were they just like, hey, we'll bring this kid on, and then let's fly by the seat of our pants? Because it feels completely unplanned and last minute every episode every episode well except for the last one which we all saw where that went when they did go no that with... still felt unplanned and last minute <laughs> oh well I, I see what you mean but yeah okay yeah. <laughs> but I don't think they saw it that way but terrible well no it was almost like the purpose of this episode was to get rid of them well it's just like the episode before when you had the date or whatever it's like they find a reason to ditch him like he's right and scully uh, in the beginning I, of the episode, <laughs> and and then <laughs> look at Jamie just, dropping references. I am, right. I'm saying, man, I'm firing with yeah. these references today. But oh, yeah, they, are. they oh. ditch him in the beginning of the episode, like he's Scully, and then they you don't ever see him again. And I'm okay with that. But right. what I'm saying is, why bother bringing the kid on if you don't have anything for him to do? Because they want to utilize them at, at their own will, just like they did Jefferson when he first came on. Like well, like I said, and, and this one just happens to be they subbed these two in more, you know, in Jefferson and Marcy. So now they have all these characters that they can kind of use. I just think it's odd timing, uh, especially coming, after last coming, year, after last year. And then now he's playing such a like you said, a minuscule role and, and a role that doesn't, it's almost like, yeah, we got this kid, let's use him. What are we going to do? Let's ship him off to a bunch of specialists. Like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? Okay. I could clear this up a little. So first... Please do. First, we'll clear up the idea that maybe the first episode had such backlash that they instantly got the feedback. I can't imagine that, though. We would have to look at the taping date and then the air date of the first Magnificent Seven and then the taping date of the next episode 
and see if they could have possibly gotten feedback by the time they recorded the next one. I doubt that. And in the next one, they immediately ship him off <clears throat> upstairs with that girl into the, in Alan Pegg's bedroom. The next one, they still go heavy on him with his birthday. Um, so you, then you don't know what's happening. It, was it backlash or not? But then you have this again. Now, here's here's the, the two things I was thinking, too. Like, is this kid only here because they wanted to proceed with the scrap storyline of season six? Like, is that what we're really doing here? It can't be. It can't be. It, th- right. The reason why it can't be is because what were they going to do? Fast forward five years till when he, you know, get rid of the infant years and then right. so he could start talking? Because... Otherwise, you could have just had those people dump off their baby like a football in a blanket. But what what dynamic would that possibly add other other than Al not getting sleep or something like that because the baby's crying? Like, you would have to think that they would have had to have fast-forwarded. But then, how do you explain Bud and Kelly being exactly the same age? Are you going to say Bud's Bud's 24 years old now? No. I, I got a question, though. Always looking from the outside, looking in, I always thought the issue with this kid is... He randomly just shows up like I didn't know where he came from. That's what I always thought it is. Do you think his legacy is more of why is he on the show? Like the thing that we're talking about right now, like they didn't utilize him except for that one episode that you alluded to. The birthday, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I, got to say it's the feedback. I have to I have to go with that. You have to. Yeah. It, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. That's got to be the number one question then. So then that, why not write him off the sh- So why not write him off the show right away if that's a problem then? Exactly. Why continue to shoehorn him in? Contract? Contract? I don't know. Just have them come. No. Have the kids come oh. pick him. Well, you can buy him out of his contract. That kid, they could afford yeah. it. He have a, have peanut a, M&M's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not going to be making a lot of money. For one, he's a kid, so right. he doesn't have like any right. credits or anything. And... Two, he's a, like a, a little bit character anyway. So, right. yeah, they could buy him right. out of his contract and they could have his parents come pick him up and then be done with it. You know, instead of trying to find something for him to do every week. Yeah, no, it, it, that's what it doesn't make any sense. It, and it, I really it, hope that Sweet is not listening to this show because <laughs> I feel really bad if he is. I mean, the I, poor kid has spent his entire life being trashed. As that seven kid from Married with Children. Maybe, yeah, but maybe he could provide some insight as to what went on, and that would completely redeem it in my eyes. He's got to be so bitter. He really has to be. Right? Bitter. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, there ha- there has to be something. Something. <laughs> some kernel of information. And I think enough time has passed to where if it was some sort of internal conflict that didn't want that involved information that didn't want to be divulged back then, I think it's safe to say that now we could talk about it. Yeah, like I'm dying to know. Right? (laughs) Exactly. Like that's how I feel. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's really weird because you know, without getting too ahead of ourselves, there were so many good things in this episode, and none of them involved him. You didn't need him at all. Like, well, why? Did, why would you do that? It just makes no sense. Well, he did set up the B plot, so we have to give him that. They could have done anything with that, man. We're talking about Uncton. Well, we're Uncton. All the like, they could have literally made something up. They could have had Peg be the one who was sick, and so she didn't or didn't want to get sick, so she didn't want the kids around them. Or the sick, or anything. 
or the dog buck to reinforce I love anybody but you <laughs> like the kids right you know I mean? <laughs> like they could have done anything like a, they could have got a goldfish and have her care about that even more like it, it didn't matter I'm going to try to get somebody, either him or someone else, on this show, and we're going to dive into this. Like, I don't know. Tell him not to listen to the show. (laughs) I remember I had a 109-degree temperature, and all she did was bleach my hair. It's because her mom always told her, bleach a cold, raise a beaver. (laughs) Gee, I thought it was, feed a pimple, raise a troll. There's this like cush, cush, cush thing going on. Jamie, didn't you mention that sort of last week? Yes. Cush, cush thing? So that's a thing then, I guess, right? I guess, well, I guess it is now. I mean, as of last week and this week. Right. It's a cush, cush, my little, I mean, which is stupid. Yeah, as of now in 2019, cush, cush means a little something, something different. (laughs) Yeah. It's Al's children. (laughs) Hi, Mom. Everything go all right? Oh, God. What an ordeal. I took seven to a dozen specialists. They all agreed. He just sneezed. (laughs) You can't put a price on that kind of news. Of course, those doctors sure did. But I guess I just overreacted. I won't make that mistake again. (laughs) Get out of my house. (laughs) All the while... During this whole exchange, Seven cannot stop laughing and breaking character. Like, is that in character? Like, shouldn't, is he supposed to be afraid of catching a, a, a sickness? Shouldn't he be like, ah, no. But instead, he's laughing. Like, I, I, I'm i a little lost on his motivation here. He can't act. That's why. Right? That's, that's his motivation. <laughs> Get out of here before you infect this child. Mom, it was just a feather on the end of my nose. Well, that's what they said when the Black Plague started. <laughs> Which is not true, by the way. <laughs> right? <laughs> no? Started with witches. <laughs> <laughs> the Black Coat's daughter. No, it was... <laughs> fleas on rats is, is where the Black Plague came from. You're smaller than the fleas on rats, than the amoebas on fleas on rats. <laughs> Sorry, that's a reference nobody will get. Wow, Greece. no. Wow, Greece, you got it. Nice. Really? Yeah. Don't look don't mess with me. <laughs> wow, you guys both were on fire today. I better reference something soon. <laughs> yeah, do you have any trivia, Dan? No, I got nothing. I just <laughs> read that there was a weeds revival coming up and I'm excited about that, but that's all I got. Let's continue with the show. Scream five is coming. <gasps> I know. Uh, and of course, the Black Plague was, or the Bubonic Plague, was one of the most devastating pandemics in human history, resulting in the death of an estimated 75 to 200 million people in Europe and Asia, peaking from 1347 to 1351. Jesus, that's long. No, I'll have none of that here. Just wait outside till it passes. <laughs> Gee, bud, sometimes life's a girl, huh? <laughs> you out too why me you were talking to bud you might have been infected mom it's freezing out there gee then i better shut the door 
So now they are both out in front of the front door in the cold with no jackets on, <laughs> just standing there. <laughs> Not even go to your room and don't come out, nothing like that. Get out of this house. Oh, hi, Buck. We're home. Now you can play with Seven. Oh, my God. I'd better sneeze. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can just feel the mommy in me. <laughs> so you'll talk to mom about letting us back in? Yeah, sure. Hi, Daddy. I had a question, but Mommy said to ask you. Where do babies come from? Well, generally speaking, a six-pack and two horny teenagers. <laughs> You remember how the way I was going to start judging Seven was, if you're going to do jokes with this kid, remember how my first initial one to, to kind of rip on was when he said, is that your real nose? And he honked on Al's nose. <laughs> yeah. Went, huh? I was like, oh, gee, yeah, that's what we were missing from this show, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So now it's like, well, what are you going to give us with it? What dynamic are you going to give us by having this kid here? So... Asking Al, where do babies come from? Like, that is exactly what you should be using Seven for, that type of humor, you know? Mm-hmm. It actually works. It sets up Al to come up with these types of jokes. Even, like, Al's response to Seven, it's pretty edgy to be saying to a five-year-old or a six-year-old, I guess, at this point, whatever he is. Right. He said that to a kid. He's only kidding. He really has no idea. <laughs> now go play with Daddy's pennies, but don't lose any. They're for our retirement. Daddy, what's retirement? Uh, it's what men do when they die and women do when they marry. <laughs> I mean, I still don't think he's necessary. You could make those jokes. I mean, Kelly could ask those jokes. I mean, right. ask those questions. There is no justifying his existence. You can try all you like, but it's not. And I don't mean you, but I mean anyone, <laughs> you can try. Anyone out there can try to justify it. It's not going to happen. There is no reason to have him there. Like it's just, it's just a mood killer every time he shows up. Yeah, don't worry. No, I don't think anyone on Earth has has ever tried to justify his existence on Earth. <laughs> That's the one thing I can guarantee you, JB. <laughs> no one has done that to this day on, on record, uh, apparently. Oh, honey. Feeling a little glum? Well, this will cheer you up. You know how you're always saying that if I want money, I should get it myself? Well, today I needed money to pay Seven's doctor bills. Get ready to be proud of me. All by myself, I took cash that was sitting doing nothing out of that pretty red envelope. You mean the one in the mailbox that was addressed to our mortgage company, Eviction Trust? know about that honey when i open envelopes not addressed to me i just take the money but i never read them i feel that would be an invasion of privacy (laughs) and yet you have no problem living in my bedroom (laughs) hey don't you see the envelope was a pretty red one because the bank is a little mad at us because we haven't paid them low these many months but on the good side we'll be moving to a roomier space now it goes by the name outside let back in the house no kids none of us are for you see mommy spent all of our mortgage money like what was the rush most people blow off dr bills for a long time (laughs) 
still do to this day. <laughs> I'm doing it right now, actually. <laughs> you would think someone like Peg were the Bundy's people. We don't call cops. People call them on us. Like, since when did you go from being some badass to making sure that your bills are paid the day you show up at the doctor's office, you know? Or that you care, right? Well, if she went to specialists, they might just say no. Like, they might not see you if you don't have payment. I don't know. They're not required to. What what did Al do? Put cash in the envelope? How do you even break up a, a check? Yeah, that's a good question. For, like, what <laughs> is happening here? <laughs> well, you'll just have to do something. All right. I will. <gasps> I want my mommy! <laughs> he does this scream that... Remember, Jamie, when Aaron Duncan was on our show, Aaron wondered... Yeah. If it would become like a thing of Al's on the show? Yes. Well, here we go. I actually thought about that when I was watching this episode. Yeah? And that was during Psychic Avengers, right? That's when Al, when Al um, what was it? He couldn't afford his TV guide anymore? I don't remember the circumstances. I was just thinking about Aaron. <laughs> and that long, flowing hair. Ha- oh, never mind. <laughs> That's all I can think about when I think about him. I have hair envy. So, um, yeah, so they they sort of make that a thing of Al's, but it's more of a hybrid. He starts off with that scream, and then it kind of, like, moves into something else. So it's uh, it's there, though. Like, watching that, I don't know, it just seemed very strange. There's a couple things that Al does that are very strange in this episode. Oh, that was the first one. Second one with Jefferson gets even worse. <laughs> I don't want no excuses. I want that five bucks you owe me. I don't care. I'll see you in prison, Mom. <laughs> Deadbeat. Al's mother is mentioned yet again in season seven. In prior references, she is referred to as a chain smoker and an alcoholic. So she is a real winner, sounds like. <laughs> she sent them a letter last week that Peggy threw away. Oh, yeah. She just kind of tossed it behind the couch. It was in a red envelope, which is what I thought of. When she said that pretty little red envelope that you had the mortgage payment in, you know. Right. I was like, was it the same envelope? Maybe. Man, yeah, might have been. He's been reading the same newspaper for 25 years. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Al looks at the want ads. He's actually going to get another job. Got to get a second job. I got to get something to pay for all this. Have you guys ever done that? Got Gotten a second job and then have it just be better than then drop your first one? I have had so many jobs. Yeah. She has an extensive collection of name tags and hair nets. <laughs> <laughs> well, like last year, wow. I had three jobs at once. Right. You did. I still can't believe that. And that really was only because I have a hard time saying no. <laughs> oh, good. Right. Hey, hey, Jamie, um, move your chair closer to me. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to say no now, are you? <laughs> Jesus. Am I that repulsive? What am I out at the end of this episode? <laughs> wow. All right, here we go. Whew. Hey, Al. Came over to borrow some ice, but I just chip it off your kids. <laughs> <laughs> Jefferson comes in swinging. Oh, dude. No, oh, that's later. Yeah, I don't know if I should give, <laughs> give it away already, but... But this is my 
favorite Jefferson episode thus far. Oh, dude, right? I mean, he murdered this entire episode. Everything. Even though there's no T in murder. Uh, it was unbelievable. <laughs> I noticed that. He murdered it. I was trying to emphasize it, but I ended up just saying it wrong. <laughs> I think Marcy was. The, I loved Marcy in this episode, Yo. and holy crap, I she looks so good this season. I can't get over it. I really can't. Like, I think she just looks really good. So that was the tipping point for me, right? Because I thought that you know everything with Al, like we Alan Peg was great. Then Jefferson came in, and I was dying laughing out loud at a couple of those. And but then when Marcy came in. And and started doing her thing too, and they were all forward. And her and Al started going back and <laughs> forth. I, it just it hit me. I was like, oh wow, okay. They went right back to form for this, and this is why it works. You know, we talked about this to death on the last episode. Can we talk about the juxtaposition between these two? Oh my god, it's night and day, dude. It's night and day. Me and Jamie talked about it before we headed into the nudie bar. When we, we met in the street, we parked next to each other. And she said that it's like watching a different show. It is. No, it totally is. Completely. Yeah. Completely. And I don't know about you guys, but I like this show better. Well, yeah. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Spoiler. But, but no, but, but it was even, better than last week's. Right? Spoiler. <laughs> no, I feel like every line, though, like even, even if you relate it to the old stuff, um, it's still top notch. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, oh, the one adds husband's second worst fear. Before we even get to the first one, which is something to talk about, that is so weird to even say. Like, think of his perspective, how warped this guy is. A husband's <laughs> worst fear, dude. Most dudes work. Like, what are you talking about? This is not a thing. This is not a husband's worst fear. Most husbands... Maybe he only hangs out with gigolos. I guess, because it's like, he's talking as if the norm is what he's doing to Marcy. Like, dude, no. It's what right. everything Al says in his life, about, it's just like dying when you retire, women, you know, like that's the norm. And and now women don't even retire when they marry anymore. They work harder than ever. My wife has three jobs. Right. So his his reality is so warped. You have to love it. Uh, uh, oh, the one adds. Husband's second worst fear. The first, of course, is hearing, oh, God, what am I supposed to do with that? It scares me. Let <laughs> <laughs> you get over that fear after a thousand women have said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can really relate to that. I've heard that so many times. <laughs> God, they've run in fear. What they're doing here, though, is just creating this myth around Jefferson. And everything that goes on in this episode is just like he's the biggest pimp oh, ever. And I love every second. It's hilarious. Like, okay, here's the thing. Everybody knows I'm a Jefferson fan. But it's this kind of stuff as to, like, why I feel that way. Because it's just so ridiculous. It's great. And he never wavers throughout the whole thing, you know. Except when, uh, when briefly, when she calls him out on not having a job, period. But then, but then he turns that around. And kills as Jefferson, like... You're not as obsessed as Jerry was with Steve, but as Jefferson being your guy on the show, would would you say that this is like a top five Jefferson episode? Hands down. 
So from what I've seen so far, this is probably number one. Right. I mean, from what I've seen so far. So so we'll see when we get to the end, but absolutely. But th- I will say, though, because we do sort of tr- – not try to, but we just do point out continuity errors, especially if they come to mind. Season 7, Episode 1, The Magnificent 7. Did we not just go over a joke where, where Marcy said, we can't see everything on you? And he says, I thought that wasn't important to you. <laughs> so first we go from he has microphallus two, three episodes ago, and suddenly it's so big that it scares women and they don't even know what to do with it. Like, make up your minds. And I didn't even like that crap in that episode. And I remember I was against it in a weird way actually defensively (laughs) so this is actually great not that i'm thrilled that he has such a a big schlong that women run up up the hills to get away from him but like it's just a better it's a better mystique it's funnier and i don't even take this part seriously it works now he claims to have slept with a thousand women now at 34 years old I, let's just be modest. 16 years old, he probably started having sex. He met Marcy two years ago. So from 16 to 32, Jefferson averaged 62 and a half women a year. <laughs> he had more than one girl a week for 16 straight years. I mean, if you count, like, say, Friday, Friday and Saturday night. <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> You know, that's not hard to do. Like one girl every day and then double down on the weekend. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could see it with him at least, you know, I feel like somebody would have to take like he'd have to take holidays or something. He'd have to take a STD test. Someone should should open a penicillin concession. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I wonder if he sold. Those uh, same properties down by the lake, and he used to take the ladies there. Oh, yeah, it's like Chicken McCombs. The same ones that he sold them to, yeah. Now, he was fascinated by Wilt Chamberlain, don't forget. <laughs> you can do it, Al. Wilt Chamberlain claims to have made love to over 20,000 women. Yeah, and not one of them was his wife. <laughs> so he was into this whole thing, so that might have been his hero, and that's why he did this. <laughs> Makes sense to me. I could put it all together, man. You just give me a couple minutes. You can see what I could do. I could work magic with this stuff. <laughs> Listen, Jefferson, let me ask you something. Huh. How does Marcy let you get away with not working? Well, I'll tell you. Whenever the subject comes up, I just give her a ride on the old Jefferson airplane. <laughs> now, I didn't get this at all as it was being said, but... You, did? you don't know Jefferson Airplane? No. Really? uh, They're pretty big psychedelic group from the '60s. Um, Okay, I'll tell you what. You'll you'll dig this song when we get off the air. Look up the song "White Rabbit." Okay. It's pretty badass. It's um. You know it. You know it. Yep. I've heard of that. Yes. Oh, okay. I guess. So you do know Jefferson Airplane. Oh, nobody ever said who played that song. They just played it and went to the next one. Thank you, Jamie. (laughs) Oh, and see, that was my reference. Does that count? What? Uh, uh, oh, sure. Because I know the song. That's almost as witty as what we've been doing. <laughs> Chalk it up. Did somebody just sneeze? I want you out of this nudie bar. <laughs> I just heard a sneeze. That was Brian. Oh, that was Brian? Oops, sorry. I was trying to mute my mic, only I didn't make it in time. No, my it's dog sneezed too, so. Frantically waving. Tell him to sit outside. <laughs> 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 it's cold enough. 
<laughs> Bleach his hair. Oh, wait, Jefferson Airplane later on would eventually be Jefferson Starship. Oh, yes, that's right. They went from an airplane to a starship. I wonder what was better. They went to space like Jason X. Help us? I can't. I'm a Republican. (laughs) Hey, here's my little frequent flyer now. So um, (laughs) the best part is when Marcy walks in, though, you know, sure, political jokes, whatever. I'm not a fan of them anyway. So... It's so funny when he goes, ah, here's my little frequent flyer now. <laughs> like, <laughs> how great is that? That you like guys say all these like dirty, raunchy things. And then when the girl walks in, you refer to her in the same context that you were just talking about. Like, <laughs> that's so like, like you imagine saying, um, oh, how, how your wife, you know, or, or like she does some weird positions and then all of a sudden she walks in the door like all prim and proper and sweet and you're like, oh, here's my little gymnast now. <laughs> Just think of how – Here's my little acrobat. Yeah, here's my little acrobat. Yeah. yeah. Think of how demeaning that is like, to, that he said, here's my little frequent flyer now. Like, oh my god. Well, and I feel like she had to have gotten that joke because later on she makes a reference to – yeah, what does she say? Getting on board yeah, or – Yeah, something like that, yeah. Something like she makes it basically it's a reference to the same thing. So surely she got what he was saying. But no, she she just doesn't say anything. So Jefferson, where have you been? You know what a difficult day I was going to have. And all I asked was for you to fix me a bath and some supper and serve it to me in your bicycle shorts. (laughs) But you did absolutely nothing. Which I found was weird to say supper and not dinner. She seems like somebody would say dinner. I think it's sometimes a regional thing. Yeah. It was weird. When I was growing up, it was always supper. Me too. But then I would watch right. TV, and on TV, people said dinner. Yeah. So I started saying dinner because I <laughs> thought it sounded better. I, I don't know. It's weird. And now I've tried to go back to supper, and I can't make myself do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Nothing. Do you think that my skin is naturally this smooth? It takes work, baby. <laughs> so now he says baby three times by the way in this episode right. and it's all great though so al starts <laughs> stroking his forearm as jefferson's doing his own forearm to show marcy and al becomes completely like fascinated by the the smoothness and he even says you know can can you tell peg what to do blah blah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is pretty smooth. Hey, you want to tell Peg what you're using here? Oh, this is intoxicating. Oh, thanks, Al. Um, thank you. Oh, please. Now listen, Missy. I am through paying for your fanny buffs. Would you mind getting your hands off my husband? <laughs> get your hands off my husband and she slaps Al in like the head neck ear area I thought that was yeah and they haven't been getting along in real life since since season four so she probably enjoyed this as much as he enjoys probably ripping her on the show right so just to, just think two people who don't get along they have to like interact this way it's crazy <laughs> right so um, Marcy says it's time you get a job 
and Jefferson slaps Al on the leg and gets up and walks over. And he he slaps Al on the leg as if to say, hey, hey, watch this. You know, like he's going to show him what he was talking about earlier, you know. And you, it's time you got your little Apple button gear and got a job. Well, why don't we talk about this at home, Marcy? Harkin, I think I hear your flight boarding right now. We'll have you strapped in in a minute, baby. Oh, well, all right. He says, we'll have you strapped in in a minute, baby. <laughs> it was so funny how he says baby. It's kind of like the way Al says it in the older episodes, you know? Right. Because um, he's done that. And then Marcy is totally enamored with this whole thing. She's like, all right, but we're going to talk about this job thing. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Marcy, feel this. And then he turns around, hikes up his pants and flexes his ass right into Marcy. (laughs) And then she, for being a, a lesbian, man, she knows how to like sell that she is heterosexual for the show. All her body language was telling me she is totally into this. Right, right. Well, can you act like you're straight? I'm, I've been trying for years, so you don't know I'm gay. <laughs> my, my question is, can you, I mean, what I mean is, can you act at all? Like, if you if you can act, then you can act. Right. Like so you if can. you can't if you can't act gay, and but you can't act at all, what does it matter? <laughs> like. You're, yeah, you, you've seen the ghost of Michael Myers. Why are you asking me this? So, so what? <laughs> you know I can't act. <laughs> We're going to dummy it up for the show? That's his brother. I mean, my, co- my cousin. That, that's who he is. Guess what just heard on the news? Remember Michael Myers? Is he the guy that tried to kill your sister? And my cousin. And my stepbrother. That's who he is. He's all over the news. He escaped from Smithville last night. People that were sitting at the table with you looking like they were trying to figure out what was going on and the script in their head right then and there. And my brother and my sister-in-law, that's who he is, I think. I forgot. I forgot what we wrote down. Your buddy's like, wait, is this Freddie? I forget which one it is. this again because that would just make too much sense. <laughs> the other kid's thinking, why did he use my red bucket? He broke it. <laughs> So Marcy says, what was I saying? And then Jefferson just like shrugs like, I don't know. What was I saying? (laughs) Oh, well, it couldn't have been that important. Listen, I'm going to go home and get ready for takeoff. (laughs) Get a wax, baby. You never look back. (laughs) Get a wax, baby. You'll never look back. And it's like, what? That that one threw me off. Like, it was so dumb, and I've never heard that as, like, a saying. That's, like, not a thing. <laughs> Once you go wax, you never go back? I don't know. Yeah, like, it, just, it was just weird. But, like, it was it was just so stupid that I I still smiled at it. Right. I, I didn't laugh at that, but I was like, all right. Th-. Like, okay, this type of off-the-rails I can deal with completely you know mm-hmm. like 
quotes that don't necessarily like flow or whatever, but it's still hilarious because it's coming from Jefferson, who's obviously like really, you know, there with his character right now. So it's just it just fits in perfectly. So those you can always dial back. You know what I mean? We're right. not talking about like you know, never see the light again and right, we, right. We just, you know. Yeah, that that was definitely the the worst of the of all his lines in this episode. It did not have to be there. They could have stricken that line. He could have just winked at Al or nudged and laughed and, and left, right. and that would have been fine. Right. I don't understand the get a wax, baby. <laughs> like, what? Right. Exactly. All right. Let's see here. Uh, no education, no experience, and no drive necessary. Now, what kind of stupid job could that be? Oh, yeah, she sells them. <laughs> hey, here's one. Bartender in a topless bar. Well, I think I could handle that. Yeah. All it takes is a little maturity, and as we know, I am a mature man. <laughs> and he's excited to go there and apply... And he goes back to his classic honk honk hand motions, like in the rites of passage. But he doesn't say honk honk this time. <laughs> so Al goes in there, and this blonde lady, Gladys, who I love her because she's like a classic '90s TV show character. You know, mm-hmm. her her name is uh, Diane D- Delano, and I guess she's like supposed to be like uh, a butch lesbian type i guess but it's weird because it's it's guys dancing in the place but she she comes off like she's gay right yeah i don't understand the dynamic of this bar except that the i mean i think it's obvious that the idea is that these women are acting like men in that they're treating these men the way men treat Treat women women. right right but it's weird to me that they're being mannish while they're doing it. Like it to me, that just seems bizarre. Um, but they're all, you know, but it's like, they're it's not just that they are objectifying them, but they're actually taking on the mannerisms that men use, you know, like when, when he comes around the bar with the bottles and she's like, right. Oh, he's shy. She's right. like, you know, let us see it, baby. Or, whatever and i'm like whoa what is happening like it's it's just it's it's weird yo you mean that the bottles that were glued to the top of this uh tray yes. he's <laughs> yeah right. well i understand the setup though you know what i mean because if it was guys it they it would come off i think uh you know like too gay maybe no Oh, well, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. No, it definitely would. But I just think why not have the women act like women? Right. Like they're acting like men. Like they're they're role reversing and it's they're going a little too hard with it. I right? mean, you could still act like a woman and objectify a man. Right. You know. <laughs> I do it every day. Well, you wanna know it's funny, um this 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 Gladys, she she seems like a like a, a a guy and all this other stuff. It's weird how she comes off and she was she was in a TV show in two thousand nineteen called Penis, but it's P E N one five. Ten fifteen. My goodness. <laughs> no, I know. That, that is a great show. By no, but I mean, oh, you know what that is? Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
hilarious. No, I'm totally kidding. I have no idea. Oh, oh yeah, oh. no, I'm, I'm serious. It's P-E-N-1-5 then. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's famous for The Wicker Man, Cheapers Creepers 2, The Lady Killers, and Popular. Yeah, she was one of the chicks that got punched in The Wicker Man. No, she, wait, was she the one? Oh, wait, no, she, she was a Jeepers Creepers three women too. in that movie, huh? Yeah, she was the, the bus driver in Jeepers Creepers 2. Oh, wow. Remember? Yeah. You're the boss? Yeah. What can I do for you, sweet cheeks? <laughs> <laughs> Well, for one thing, you can look at my face when you're talking to me. Because <laughs> she was just, she was like, her eyes were fixated on his crotch. <laughs> he was offended by this. And for another, I'm here for the bartending job. You'll do. You'll do just fine. Hot doggy! <laughs> when do all the topless babes get here? Oh my God, it's not you, is it? <laughs> <laughs> he is such I swear to god he is so obnoxious it's so funny and then, then she's like no baby it's you hey bartender let's hurry up with those drinks <laughs> so then Al comes out of the back of the bar with these Black pants, a bow tie. He's all hunched over and shy to show his body. He's like awkwardly walking around with his tray with like 10 beers glued to it. And then I guess they have loose beers in the middle holding it all. So it it looks real because he's like taking those out and giving them to people. Then he basically just says, screw it. You know, they, they seem to like him. Honk, honk. Well, if you've got it, try it. And he just says, well, if if you got it, flaunt it. And he does this funny hair whipping back thing. And then all of a sudden, Jamie's favorite part kicks in. Because he starts doing this dad dance. Uh. While we get this whole montage while he's pouring drinks like a boss, dude. Like cocktail. It was like it was like Yeah, a, it was that's what it was. Water. Right. Also, if you didn't notice, Al did the bunny dip. When, when he when he went to the when he ran around the bar and he had and he delivered beer to the table. Yeah. He did the bunny dip, which what? if for anybody out there who doesn't know, is the what Playboy Bunnies did. I actually did it when I waited tables. <laughs> I did. It did. And, um... I love how she was, like, reading the facts off the sheet of paper. Like, um, I actually did this in high school. High school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, no, I was not reading facts. I was actually... That's a, that's a thing that happened. And, um... I caught it when he did it. I was like, oh, that was a nice little touch. Because he's wearing, like, the, it was, I guess, so it's right. like, a Chippendales thing, like, with the bow tie. Right. But, um... It's, you know, reminiscent of a Playboy bunny. So I thought that was cute. And it was a nice little nod that mm-hmm. they threw that in there. And obviously not everybody's going to get that. But mm-hmm. he loves Playboy. Mm-hmm. Like Al is a big Playboy fan. Oh, yeah. So people who also, other people who love Playboy who watch that show would get it. Right. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> 
the song the song they were playing was tough enough by the fabulous thunderbirds and that was that was what they were playing during this whole like uh reminiscent of the movie cocktail for, with tom cruise in 1988 that scene comes from that i i've never seen it but but i wonder if they played the same song in that movie did they or no there's no way right yeah well. I, I don't remember that song ever being played in that movie, and I've watched it a lot. Okay. <laughs> Why have you watched it a lot, Jamie? Because I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's okay then. And that song was played two other times in Mr. Empty Pants, uh, Season 7, Episode 16, and Till Death Do Us Part, Season 7, Episode 22. Woo! Yeah. I love Mr. Empty Pants. Oh, Al has uh, empty pants at the at the end of this episode. Ah, uh, shoot! Totally forgot to mention that Stephen Marcy, even though she says she's a Republican, they had named their dog after a Democrat. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. What was her dog's name? Uh, Bella, and they named it after Bella Absug, Absuck or something. Not Bella Gosi. Bud and Kelly are sick. They have blankets on them. Kelly has a turkey thermometer in her mouth. Um, Kelly passes out from the fever. So Peg said she will bleach her hair later. <laughs> I thought that was nice. That was funny because Kelly made the reference that she, you know, did that when she was little. But not that she had done it recently. And um, so now that's still a thing, I guess. Which I just, I think that's funny. Yeah. Well, Al walks in. He's wearing a black overcoat, leather pants, leather vest, nothing else. He takes Peg and he dips her and kisses her. How's it feel, Peg, to get for free what every other woman in Chicago has to pay for? Go ahead, touch it, Peg. Touch the tush that sets Chicago afire. Well, if you don't mind... And now on to you, honey. Tell me, is that money in your pants or are you, uh... Well, let's face it. It could only be money. (laughs) Yep. There's another kind of green in my underwear now, Peg. Oh, that was funny. That is disgusting, man. Uh, Then Al says his crotch is good for one more thing. He could shake it and change falls out of it as well. It makes change. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I feel good. Yeah, I do. I quit my shoe job, Peg. No time for it, really. Don't regret the shoe business, though. It was a pleasant little interlude till I found my true calling. Shaking Al Jr. and... uh, Pips. <laughs> Reminisces about the shoe store and calls it a pleasant interlude. So that's weird that he would think that. Isn't he the guy who sits down in that chair with his head in his hands for eight hours? Right. Yeah, but you know, have you ever had a job that like you hated it so much, but then once you left, you were like, well, that wasn't so bad. Yeah, you're right. I do. Did. Yeah. Don't regret the shoe business, though. It was a pleasant little interlude till I found my true calling. Shaking Al Jr. and... Uh, Pips. And of course, that's referencing Gladys Knight and the Pips. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, Al, I, I'm not sure, but I, I think I might have just had one. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Mary, Doris, Beth, Al. These are other women's phone numbers. I don't know if I like this. <laughs> Do I see the red-headed monster of jealousy? <sighs> well, I don't know. Should I be jealous? Well, yes. <laughs> I mean, look what they're all seeing, Peg. Same thing God saw in his imagination when he said, let there be man. <laughs> Al gets women's phone numbers at this place. Do you think that's going over the line? Was it okay that they did that? Because they could have just stuffed it down his pants while they right. were... Right. No, that's fine. Like, he's working. He's... Right. That's, that's the whole premise behind him dressing the way he is and all of that. You know? Right. If he does something with them, that's a whole other thing. Right. But Peg, as ugly as these women are, I still come home to you. I don't know, honey. I love this money, and I know those women are ugly. But, you know, the truth is I'm not a very good wife. I don't do anything for you. I mean, what if these other women finally started paying attention to you? It's a long shot, but I can't take that chance. <laughs> I want you to quit. Oh, Peg, it's hard to tell these to quit. <laughs> w- would you guys let your significant other, uh, like, be a stripper? Or, like, uh, what if Brian was a Chippendales, Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I trust him, so he can do whatever he wants. No, it's not about that. No matter what, when he does his job, it depends what you care about. Because for a for for Dan, if your girl was doing this, guy, she's gonna climb on top of guys topless, and they're gonna grab her ass and grind into her between her legs, and graze her breasts any chance they get and if they go into the back room for $200 for 10 minutes then they get to completely feel her up put their hands all over her body except for on the g-string and still on the ass wait that's the off-limits spot yeah 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 it's the off-limits I don't I mean I wouldn't care as long as he was making good money I don't care (laughs) I don't Shake that money maker, Brian. <laughs> I mean, other people can touch him; they just can't, you know. Have uh, him. But if you're if you're asking me, Alex, absolutely not. Okay, that's <laughs> like it's not a not a chance. I think Brian would be okay with it if I wanted to do something. <laughs> You'd be okay if I wanted to be a stripper. Oh, shh. What do you say? No. Did you hear him? Yeah. I mean, yep. <laughs> exactly. See, Brian knows what's up. He I'm knows. Not. I'd let you be a stripper. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for caring, he's saying. (laughs) She would sell him out, boy. Jamie the pimp. No, but as guys, it's just a complete no all all the way around. Like, it's not even a debate. If she was just dancing on the pole like this girl over here in front of us, if she was just doing that, then yes. But once we get to the point where the guys are completely having 100% physical contact, no. I wouldn't even been able to get to that first step, but yeah. Is it about okay? Here's a question: Is it about are you are do you consider those other guys a threat? No. Or no. do you think it's do you not like them handling your property? Right. Or- <laughs> That's exactly what it is. That's exactly it. That's right. That's exactly it's it. It's like, don't touch it. It's mine. Yeah, I don't think she's going to be wooed by them or anything. I just I just don't want that happening. Oh, okay. 
Think about it. You're literally letting guys do that just for the the only difference is they're paying twenty bucks to do it. Like you're you're feeling up a bunch of girls and. It's like doing it in the street or something or at a club. The only difference is you're handing them twenty dollars, and but you're still doing these same things. What's the difference? Also, I'll say this too: I've known a decent amount of of guys that they get these weird fixations with strippers and stuff like that, and, and they're definitely one sided, and those feelings are not reciprocated whatsoever. Right. And you just you could completely tell. So for them. To, to, you know, I think guys have some guys have this weird connection where they think, oh yeah, they can just do whatever, and and they completely, you know, uh, uh, cross barriers and stuff. So absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So um, it's hard to tell these to quit. Al says as he flexes his arms. Then Marcy walks in, laughs, says she has a village people flashback. <laughs> Nothing. I just had a village people flashback. People pay to see me like this. Oh, okay. So will I. Here's a dollar. Sing YMCA. <laughs> uh, now this is a prelude to season eight, episode seven. Take my wife, please. Mm, big Halloween episode. We're gonna like that one. Yes. Yep. Uh, Jerry Herring. That's the episode he reviewed. Um, on his Halloween special, and that's that's sort of what was nestled in the back of my head when creating this show. Uh, I think he would have oh, done nice. it on his Christmas special. Oh, right. He did Halloween shows on his Christmas special. That's right. Yep. <laughs> no, wait. Here's $2. Put a shirt on. I can't stand to see you topless. <laughs> well, at least people know when I'm topless. <laughs> And then Al says, the best comeback ever. At least people know when I'm topless. <laughs> Burst yeah. out laughing. I referenced this earlier. It is my favorite exchange of the entire episode. I just think it's it's brilliant. The whole thing, the back whole and forth, is so funny. My back has bigger breasts than you. No. Your front has bigger breasts than me. Guys never like to hear they have man boobs, so. <laughs> right. Nobody wants to hear that, so that's a good insult. Sadly, though, he kind of does, because his right. first night in the bar, when he was not wearing the vest, you could tell. Yeah. Yeah, he does. You leave my Alzi alone. He has to dress like this for his second job. Second job? <laughs> Jefferson, don't you think it's time you got a first job? <laughs> okay, Marcy, come on, let's go do the old Jefferson. Well, fine. Oh, Jefferson, get a job. You may be cuter than I am, but it's time you started pulling your own weight around here. I mean, if I wanted peanuts, I'd fly Delta. Look, Al, you gotta help me. Well, all right, all right. When you're with Marcy, shut your eyes real tight and picture one of the Golden Girls. <laughs> That ought to be a step up from reality. There were there there were two decent looking Golden Girls, right? Or just one? One's super old. One's like a tall, manly type chick. The other's like an old lady. And then there's Blanche, right? Yeah. The other the other the other one was Betty White. I always thought she was right. very pretty. Oh, okay. Well, let's still skip her. So, like, Dan, <laughs> do you think? 
<laughs> See, would you rather have Blanche or Marcy on top of you? This whole discussion is uh, disgusting. But we, we have said before, though, that Sophia is actually younger than them in real life. Yeah, that's Correct right. She me? just yeah. was wearing a whole bunch of makeup. Right, right. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So uh, I'll say Sophia. How about that? Uh, yeah, how about you don't say that? He wants uh, to see what she keeps in that purse. <laughs> right. oh exactly. God. Down at uh, what's the place that she always references? Down in uh, uh Sis- Sicily. Sicily, yes. Well, I would rather have Marcy than any of the four of them. So. <laughs> well, I I think that's yeah. That's... I I can't agree with Al there, even though I think he's just taking a jab here. I don't know. Even he would agree with me. I think. Jefferson's like, oh, okay, thanks, Al. I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> but what I meant was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks, Al. I'll, I'll do that. But I'm talking about this work thing. I mean, I mean I'd mean, die. I'd just die if I had to give up my prime 2 p.m. manicure appointment. If I miss even one, I just know some damn woman's going to scarf it up. Oh. So you're the bitch with 2 o'clock. <laughs> who that blonde was Eduardo is so in love with. Say more. That that was great, but I actually like uh like the line that <laughs> Al has next with Bud. That exchange. Dad, do you think now that you've discussed mom and our stupid neighbor's problems, do you think you could pull a dollar out of your G-string so we could have some aspirin? Son, are you here? <laughs> That, see, okay, that to me was hilarious because it was it was such a B plot going on with them at this point, you know. Um, it, it was it literally had nothing to do. Do you think he's speaking to the show itself? Without a doubt, dude, hands down. And I laughed out loud. He was like, "Are you even here?" <laughs> like he's like, how, "Like what are you even doing here?" Like because you can totally tell, like in the writers' room, that killed. That killed. Like, are you claiming this was a meta moment? I I laughed out loud and I felt like I got it. So if if the intention was something else, but I, that's how I took. That made it better. Oh, hands down, I laughed so hard. I thought that was one of the greatest lines because of because of that. Like it, he just he just looks at him and he's just like, "Are you still here?" Like they have such greatness going on, and it's almost like, "Oh wait, do we still have to address this weird B plot?" Exactly, that's what it was. Like like this plot's still here, right? Anyways, back to like just his mannerisms too. It was so perfect. I died at that line. Right. Yeah, that was yeah, you made it way better. Okay. Now I like that line a hundred times more. <laughs> Loved it, man. Jefferson <laughs> I might be able to find you something and at night. Yeah? Hey, you gotta feel this. Well, of course it's soft. Al, he's Eduardo's pet. Well, I'm just trying to tell you that it's enchanting. Gee, Al, you sure know how to make a man feel good. Well, it's easy when I'm around you. Obviously, we know what they're teetering on here, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's like a bromance thing going on, but you have to love it. This is what we've been waiting for. You You want this closeness between these two, although it's obviously getting into a weird zone. <laughs> yeah. It is funny because then they immediately 
do the, <clears throat> you know, how about those bears? Ah, hell of a game, hell of a game. They're going to go all the way this year. Hey, you know, the bears are playing. Yeah, you know? football, what a game, huh? <laughs> and that is a direct reference to Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which I'm oddly enough watching tonight. And for those of you who don't know that movie, that's my favorite comedy of all time. It stars John Candy and Steve Martin. And the premise to this scene is they have to share a bed in a motel. And when they wake up, they're like intertwined. The one dude kisses the other guy's ear. The other guy has his hand between his ass cheeks or something like that by accident. Because, you know, they fell asleep and they, I guess, thought they were sleeping with their wives in the delirious states of the middle of the night and stuff. So then they wake up and they try to be like you know, manly men again who are not gay or whatever. So they start talking about, you know, the Bears and football. And that's always cool because the Bears are my favorite football team. So in both these instances, uh, they talk about them. So here's that clip. See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hell of a game, hell of a game. Bears got a great team this year. They're gonna go all the way. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I have to watch this movie tonight. Why? Why so early? I I normally wait till Thanksgiving week, but dude, I know you do. That's why I said that. Because. In October, I went. I held off so many movies that I watched in October till it was closer to Halloween. And guess what? And you didn't get a chance because of the storm. Right. That's horrible. I'm sorry. I did not even get to watch them. So I'm almost like in this weird fear of doing it again. So I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch The Goonies. I'm going to watch the original Clash of the Titans way sooner. I, dude, I didn't even watch Charlie Brown or Garfield's Halloween last month. No! Could you believe that? Oh, Well, man. it's a good thing that you got point breaking. <laughs> <So stupid. laughs> nice. Yeah, thank God. I didn't watch Charlie Brown or Garfield or Garfield. I never watched Garfield, but ooh, big mistake. I didn't even watch Charlie Brown either. And that is weird to me. And it makes me sad. I got a rock. I got a rock. Jamie, you have to watch Garfield. That is the greatest Halloween. I mean, I've seen it. I'm just not a big Garfield fan. Ooh, you're a you're a (laughs) Kelly fan. And you say that. Okay. Everybody heard that. She claims to be a number one Kelly fan. He's a lazy cat and he eats lasagna. There's nothing else to it. Oh, That's yes. all there is. No, there's plenty. You got to dive in, baby. You got to dive in, baby. I used to I used to read the comic every Sunday morning because I would read them all, even the crap ones like Nancy. I read I read <laughs> all of them and I just don't think it's funny. No, it's not funny. You have to watch the cartoon and you have to watch the Christmas and Halloween special. Right. And skip skip the Thanksgiving special. That is garbage. But the other two are really good. <laughs> um, it is so bad. Um, so after they try to be all manly and stuff, uh, after like recovering from that weird moment, you could see Jefferson trying to sit on the couch without crossing his legs. Because I guess that's a women thing. It's weird because whenever really sophisticated rich men are interviewed or whatever, they cross their legs really intensely. Like they cross them like they have no penis. 
<laughs> like I always cross them with the uh, the one leg goes out, then it fo- the foot and the ankle go over the other knee. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Get the, that manly leg cross, right? Thing. And other people cross it like a chick. I've, yeah, I've seen it happen. But they do it to show sophistication. Yeah, I, no, you got to cross it higher though, because you got to be able to reach your your toenails to paint them. <laughs> this is stupid. It's either that or you know you could be manspreading, I guess. He's gonna manscape. <laughs> anyway, yeah. you stick with me tonight, and you'll see the Dalai Lama of Guy do his thing. Jefferson is now bartending with no shirt. He now, guys, did you pay attention when he threw that bottle? Right away, did he not almost lose that into someone's face and barely catch it? It seemed like it, yeah. I mean, wow, was that a delayed catch. I was distracted by the fact that he wasn't wearing a belt with those god-awful 90s jeans. (laughs) (laughs) I just, uh... One of the people on our Married Children research team, Annabelle Whitford, said that her favorite part of that, she said, Jefferson looks so hot with no shirt on. It must be just a charisma kind of thing because he's not muscular, really. So I guess you don't always have to be muscular to be hot to a chick, you know? No. Jamie's like, no, but it helps. Yeah. No, I mean, it, well, if you're going to be running around with your shirt off, it helps. But right, um, right. no, I'm usually more about a guy's charisma or whatever. But and like sense of humor is big. And even though guys like to think that it's not, it really is. No, it it, is. It it does mean a lot. It works so well. Well, see, you're married, so you know it does. Yeah, (laughs) she's laughing all the way to the bank. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) now, (laughs) Jefferson's dancing, and he doesn't do dad dancing, thank God, but he does, it's still sort of corny, but it's it's all right. It's very corny. It's very. It's cool though, like in a weird way. Like, but what's what's great about it? Because it, it, it's nineties TV, cool, you know. And right. he has these face expressions. Like everything about what he's giving off is just amazing to me. I love everything he does in this episode, except for that one weird line. That one line, right? Yeah, it was great from from beginning to end. I do weddings and bar mitzvahs. So all the women completely ignore Al. And by the way, people think Al was hot before. So yeah, I guess you don't have to have muscles or anything. It's all about right. what you exude. Case in point. Yeah. Right. That just makes me sad. I don't like. I don't like this. When Al is totally yeah, that is so sad, right? Yes, ma'am. Could you give this to the cute one? <laughs> well, if you were a woman, I'd. <laughs> <laughs> and then what does he say back? It was one of the greatest lines. Yeah, if so. you were a woman, I'd... Uh, so he would hit a woman, but not her. Oh, my God. Th- this episode just keeps hitting it right on the head. Ugh. So all the... um, So one of the women even take out their lipstick and write, go home on his chest. <laughs> right. Now, there's just mean. There's no reason to be mean. Right. <laughs> and he leaves it there. He just walks in with it. Did you get any more phone numbers, Mr. Casanova Bundy? Well, Peg, I uh, was thinking about what you were saying, you know, about being jealous and all. And uh, so for you, I uh, 
gave up my topless career and uh, wrote Go Home on my chest. <laughs> well, I, I actually like that, too, though, when he, when he addresses it. Right, I did, too. Because, like, again, going with the whole theme that we, we've been talking about a lot lately, where it just kind of, it grounds it and he's acknowledging right. things. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it felt, it felt very natural. And, and you, you know how we were talking about last time, like, you know, when something's off and, and in this case, you just know when something's right and that's just right. It, it, everything worked perfectly. Right? And it was hilarious because of it. Like, it just shows you, like, you don't have to go so far left to uh, to try and create jokes from a – create them in this weird place. Like, like by doing what they're doing now, they can still create new new stuff in the same vein, in the in – the, the, like, what we all love about it. And notice how we didn't mention once if – it's realistic to put your kids outside and have them stand there. We didn't right. mention if it's realistic that nobody worked or Al just walks in, then he's there, then they all love him. Like, all these women love Al? That's not real. Right. But we didn't bring any of this up. Not exactly. You know why? Because it was done so well, it doesn't call for that type of questioning. Right. You know, it just doesn't come up when it's good. Just like when they ate the permit at that part last episode. So if it's good, that stuff doesn't come up. It's when it's so stupid that it just – all you could do is think of the absurdity. And a lot of the times they're, they're exaggerations, you know, of how family does treat each other. You know, and we've been talking about this forever. And it's just such a ridiculous over-the-top way of going about it. Right. But there's still some – some some through line there right. you know there's something that grounds it mm-hmm. and and that that that's why this is completely different than than the other stuff that we've been seeing and but but i i do like identifying and differentiating the two because they are different and i want to i want to put focus on the things that do work and why they work that well right you know mm-hmm. yeah. you got fired huh <laughs> yes i did <laughs> Jefferson took all my women and now there's no, no, nothing in my pants. And now there's nothing in his pants. So he is Mr. Empty Pants. Prelude. You have no money and you want me to console you? God, what a woman you are. Well, Al, I have some good news and some bad news. Uh, it's not a good time now, Peg. I understand. Anyhow, seven caught, so I took him to several doctors, specialists, actually. Now, if you remember, if you recall, before he sneezed. Yes. Because I was confused when I first saw this. I was like, is she still talking about what happened in the beginning? I was a little lost, and then I realized, oh, no way. She said cough this time. The good news is he's fine. But the bad news is those specialists were very expensive. But don't worry, honey. I took care of it myself. I just took money out of that envelope that you were going to use for your car insurance. Damn Dodge! Gee, honey, that might have been your Dodge. Uh Uh-huh. Well, maybe I can get my old job back. Unbelievably enough, the position has not been filled. Oh, my God, I'm a shoe salesman again. 
Well, honey, if it's any comfort at all, no matter how bad it gets, at least you won't be alone. <laughs> Al sneezes. Peg sends him outside, and we get an amazing ending. What, just when you think you you forgot about the B line, even though Peg just sort of mentioned it, you still kind of forgot it in a weird way. Right. Um, right. You, they show outside <laughs> Kelly, Bud, Al, and Buck with all frost in their hair and heads. I mean, that was just a great way to tie all this together. So let's rate this episode. All right. How many phone numbers are we stuffing down Al's pants out of five for this episode, Al on the Rocks, Dan? So watching this episode, there were many laugh out loud moments. And that was accompanied with with this like sense of joy. And I, I alluded to this earlier, but I was just so happy that, that we were back on track here. You can't, things got a little out of control for a couple <laughs> episodes, but everything was brought together so well to the point where, like I said, I was literally – I laughed out loud probably six or seven times during this episode. And um, yeah, I, I got to say uh, you know, my rating was a 4.5 before, but it's a 5. It's, it, wow. it's, it's great. It was so much fun. Going through it and talking about it again, and 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 bouncing all the all the great things that I thought happened, and and you guys felt the same way. So it just it really brought it home for me that I not only really liked this episode, but I loved it. So five out of five, five numbers down the pants or whatever. <laughs> That's a lot of phone numbers you have. <laughs> it is right. Eight six seven five. It's from Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm so glad. We went from, like, ones and twos last week to this. Like, ugh. Jamie, how many phone numbers are you stuffing down Al's pants out of five for this episode? Just one. What do you it's, mean? It's mine. Oh. <laughs> well, how many times are you doing it, though? Uh, see. Five times. Whoa, yes. nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. this is a great episode. I laughed mm-hmm. a lot. I really love some of these exchanges. They really bounced back after last week. It's like they they all like they simultaneously knew. hit their heads last week. I don't know what happened, but it was Ugh. just bad. This is so much better. Yeah. And it's just it's a sigh of relief. And it probably is to our listeners too, because um Yeah. They probably I mean, I don't know, like a lot of people would probably didn't enjoy the negativity, but I just couldn't I mean, it was bad. But right. this is so good. It so was. good. So good. So good. I wonder if it's not that they didn't enjoy the negativity so much as maybe they were afraid that this is where the the tone of our show will be for the next two and a half years. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people were thinking, oh, oh, this is the beginning of the end. Right. Like, oh, God, now this is how they're <laughs> this is how, you know, like, man, they loved all these episodes. And now what are they what's happening here? Uh, I guess we can't blame them. But man. Yeah. But yeah, no, this I'm. Also doing five. I felt so good. Nice. Oh, absolutely, dude. I love Jefferson and now going to remember these things. And when I am in the mood for this guy, this is the episode I'm putting in. I, I, I feel like this episode's a, a must. A must see. It is. It really is great. I, I love the whole premise. Um, 
I'll even take the B story with seven. All he contributed was sneezing and doctors. I say, good, goodbye. And that's all I need from you. And, th- and then they do that. Um, we got some good jokes out of that. Of course, it was a scary opener, like we said, but I'm not going to take points away for clunky opener. Um, it was actually cool to see that and then see how it just like went straight up from there, actually. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I loved the the special guests. I loved Al in this. I loved Peg in this. I loved Marcy. I loved Jefferson. Yeah, right? Everybody. Bud and Kelly, they all killed it. Absolutely. It was like they were all like, went to the writers and like, all right, you owe us. Right. Something. Yeah. No, there was definitely a shift without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. There was some conversation like, all right, dude. If you send us back into the Bundy house and this is the stuff where the material you give us again, there's going to be a problem. Right. They gave Marcy and Jefferson straight fire to play fire. with. Fire. And they lit, they were the gasoline. <laughs> yes. Like, wow. Yep. Brilliant work from everybody. So, yes, thank God that, that was fun to do. So, tune in next week as we review What I Did for Love. Peg tries everything in the book to renew Al's romantic interest in her, up to and including promises of five-course meals. Ooh. I actually remember this one. I do like it. I used to watch it quite a few times growing up. Nice. So I think we're safe here. Well, that's good. Yep. <laughs> Can't be any worse than the Bundy birthday. <laughs>